Hello everyone and welcome to From the Heart, a podcast brought to you by Catholic Education Diocese of Wollongong. My name's Josie Cooks and as we adjust to social distancing and working and learning remotely due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we're going to be sharing stories with you about our experiences as a way of staying connected and being in community with each other. Everybody. Today I'll be joined by Rebecca Hill. Rebecca is a professional officer from the Catholic Education Diocese of Wollongong and is responsible for the Parent School Partnerships. We're going to be chatting with some parents, Trisha, Sally and Rachel, about how they're coping with their new normal of working remotely and supervising their children's learning from home. Like many people who are still lucky enough to have a job, my new normal consists of working remotely, so we'll be recording this episode via Zoom. Welcome everybody. How are you all? Good. 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 Thank you. Okay. We're all there? We're all here. Yes, and well. Fantastic. (laughs) I'm going to start our conversation off with Rebecca. Now, Rebecca, you were responsible for the development of the newly released Parent School Partnership Framework which talks about parents being the first and primary educators of their children. Our current circumstances mean this statement is more true than ever. Mm -hmm. When you were writing this document, did you ever think that this would be the case? Hi, Josie, and thanks for having me. No, this is a whole new level of uh, parent engagement that I don't think any of us foresaw. And uh, if parents weren't engaged in their children's learning before, they sure are now, whether they like it or not. Um, So, yeah, the framework was developed in 2019 and was released at the beginning of this year. And it's really just um, an opportunity to articulate what it is that parents and schools sign up for when a child is enrolled in one of our schools. It recognises what our faith tradition tells us around the fact that parents are, and you've mentioned this, parents are the first and primary educators of their children. But when they choose a Catholic school in our system, they enter into partnership with the school um, for that child's learning and faith development and wellbeing. Now, that partnership at the moment is having to be conducted remotely, (laughs) but it's still just as important, if not more important, than, than it ever has been. The, um, the framework has sort of five uh, principles or pillars, if you like, and these uh, go across uh, recognising that we are Catholic communities, uh, as well as aspects of our relationships, that they are respectful and trusting, that we create supportive and safe learning environments and school communities. And importantly, at the moment, it really focuses on the fact that we need to be connected and welcoming communities and uh, that we're all working together, um, engaging in each student's uh, learning and wellbeing. It's the, it's the connection and the engagement, I think, that's really come to the fore uh, at the moment. And uh, I know schools are trying to do their best and parents are trying to do their best, but it's a really tricky time and the relationship feels different because we're all doing it at distance. Um, As schools and parents try to navigate their way through what remote learning looks like and we try to to maintain some sort of like community connection, how important are these principles that you've mentioned? 
Well, I guess they're always important, but um, that element of connection comes to the fore at the moment, as well as the fact that, you know, the framework talks about how learning occurs at home and at school, and, that, and that's the, always the case. But at the moment, it takes on another dimension in that um, much of the learning is going on in, in the child's home. Um, and that the parents are having to step up in a different way, uh, not just not just around the learning, but also around supporting the well-being of their children, um, and also dealing with uh, the emotional fallout of some of this, in, even in terms of the social connectedness, not only for themselves as parents, but uh, but for their children. Um, so so the principles remain just as important. They just look and feel a little bit different. But schools are using a lot of uh, different ways to stay connected with their families. And I'm sure parents are trying to do that as well. And, and uh, Sally and Tricia and Rachel might have uh, something to say about how they're trying to do that for their children as well. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm now working remotely and at times I'm finding it a real challenge. Like earlier today, I was on a business call and then the next minute my husband decided to mow the front lawns and all we can hear is this lawnmower going. Um, and then the dog will be scratching at the door wanting to get into the room that I'm working in. Or my son who's just moved back home with us will burst in wanting to know where the car keys are. I can only imagine how hard it must be for, working, for people who are working from home with young children who are also trying to keep them on task with their learning. Mm. So, um, Rachel, Sally and Trish, can you tell us a bit about your current circumstances at home? Like, what do you have to do to help um, your children who are learning remotely? And um, are you also working from home? Rachel, we might start with you. Sure. Um, well, we have a family of six, four children. Uh, Mark is working from home, but always has worked from home. So this is status quo. I am not in a paid job. But I seem to be really busy. <laughs> and really, that's really got a lot busier in the last couple of weeks. So I guess at the moment, my primary role is really helping those four children mm. adapt to working at home. And I cannot imagine how I would be juggling a paid role on top of that right now because I feel I'm actually not quite ticking all the boxes for those four children. So um, they all have very different needs uh, and they're at different stages of the curriculum. Um, so I think that I'm just, I feel like I'm running and not necessarily kicking many goals right now. So, so what years are your, your children in at school? So I've got year 10, year 7, year 4 and year 2. Mm -hmm. um, yes, and so they're all in their own way. They're very different children, obviously, and they're all dealing with, where we're at in different ways. I've got two that are desperately missing the social connection and the sports and all the, the their world has gone from so big to so small overnight uh, and they're, they're struggling with that. Uh, and also just the challenge of starting and motivating themselves. So I'm obviously driving that, but it's hard when you're seven or you're nine to go, oh, yes, I'm going to sit at the kitchen table and do schoolwork all day today. I'm not going to see my friends. I'm not going to play tip. I'm not, I can't even really go to the park. So it's, you know, aside from the challenges with their actual day-to-day -day schoolwork, it's the challenges of their social connection. It's disappeared. Their sporting activities have disappeared. 
all the things they do outside of school, and there were a lot, um, have disappeared. So when you're trying to juggle this, you need to keep on top of your schoolwork. And yes, you need to you need to stay mentally healthy and active and interested in life and you need to still get outside and run there are i feel like there's a lot of things that we're all trying to tick and what about you sally what does life look like for you at home now uh well at the moment we have um both my husband and myself working from home most of the the time um and so two daughters we've got sienna who's five and a, a younger child who's two um it can be a little bit chaotic. Uh, we are very fortunate that we have um, grandparents who are helping with childminding. So, uh, yeah, just trying to balance the getting the, the paid work done, getting the, the homework done, and then the schoolwork as well. Uh, I think um, being in, with, with um, Sienna being in kindergarten, it, there's not really a way that she can do a lot of learning by herself. So it requires hands-on time. Like my husband or I have to be sitting there reading to her what the task is or, or showing her, explaining each step of the way. So um, most of the time when we are looking at, at doing schoolwork, it, it's sitting down trying to focus on that while keeping um, my other daughter <laughs> out of the way because she's um, constantly uh, interrupting and, and not necessarily for the better at the moment. So. So then how do you juggle making sure you get your work done and then sort of like working with her? Um, well, I, I'm very lucky in that I, my employers do know, so they, they know what the situation is and, and their understanding. Um, at the same time, obviously there are expectations and timeframes um, on the work. So uh, I guess it just comes down to managing um, when, when you take calls and, and looking at... Um, and having to be quite upfront and saying, look, at the moment I can speak to you, but I've got um, both of my children here, so you'll have to um, put up with the interruptions as they as they come along. And at the moment, everybody, I think, is finding it a little bit entertaining. We'll, we'll see in a few weeks down the track if that's, if that's <laughs> the same situation. <laughs> what about you, Trish? Okay, so I've been working from home. Today's my first day back in the office. I've got a child in year 12 who I am very fortunate is a very self-motivated young lady um, and has goals and knows what she wants to achieve. And, and, and very fortunately for her, she has the ability to do it too. So to be honest with you, um, she'd applied for stuff for uni and all sorts of stuff, you know, at the end of last year, I don't even know what was going on. So she's, <laughs> I don't have to actually keep a solid eye on her. She's, um, she's really focused, however stressed um for, for being a child in year 12 and being a child that turns 18 this year and all the dilemmas and everything that are coming along with that i also have a child in year 10 who is another child that's reasonably self-motivated but struggles she really does struggle tries very hard but she struggles and um she's getting up I'm, I'm, my main role at the moment is to ensure that when i get up that i'm getting keeping that school routine as in you've got to be up by now get dressed you know, get yourself sorted to where you're setting up and, and all that sort of thing. I've got to be honest and say, if my daughter in year 12 came and asked me a maths question, well, I'd be out the door in two seconds, but <laughs> wouldn't be able to answer it, to be honest. Um, but, <laughs> but the, you know, the daughter in year 10, I just I check in with her like hourly just to see how she's going and is she still focused and is that working now and has she dealt with that? And so keeping an eye on her is a little bit more um, time-consuming um, for me. 
um, how are you, how are your children all accessing their learning? Rachel, we'll start with you with that one. Sure. Uh, they're all accessing online learning. So the older two, the high school, the two high school students use their laptop and they log into their respective, all, we've got three different schools. So they log into their school's website yeah. and they download their work. And some of their work is delivered via Zoom classes and some of it is delivered via just uploading and downloading documents back and forth. Uh, and the little two, um, so the primary school age children are accessing their work through Seesaw predominantly. So it's uploaded again and they're using iPads. And we were lucky in that we had enough devices here to, I actually did replace one device so that the youngest one could access her work more easily. Because you know, once an iPad's a couple of years old, it starts to be a bit shaky. So. Yeah, so we were lucky in many ways. We had enough devices. We have Wi-Fi that could cope because at any given point, we have something like 12 devices of active. Mm, wow. Um, yes. So between Mark running everything he runs in his office normally, the four kids, the two older ones, as you know, are device, tablet, phone. <laughs> so all three going at once. <laughs> And the little two are running an iPad and I'm using my iPad to support them. So I'm downloading often material for them, printing it out. And then they maybe, there's still an age where they need to write. They can't type or so that I often print it out, bring it to them. They do it. Then we photograph it, upload it and put it back through Seesaw. Mm. So in many, many ways, we're very lucky because we are, are living in a time where we can do this. Ten years ago, this mm. would have been impossible and it is actually all rather smooth i think at the moment so that's a really good thing if, the, if something happens to the wi-fi uh or power we're all in trouble but at the moment it's running quite well what about you sally how's sienna accessing her story uh, mostly on seesaw on the ipad uh, so her teacher is putting up um little lessons every day to follow um, and then they also have had uh, take-home packs from school with some worksheets and uh, counters and other and other educational um, little pieces of equipment that they can use for learning uh, so at the moment it she like most children is very keen to get on the iPad so it's a bit of a um, balancing act as well in saying you can use the iPad for this learning, but then we will submit it to Seesaw and we're going to put the iPad away because that's enough, enough screen time. Um, and trying to stop the little one from stealing, from pulling it out from her hands and claiming that it's her iPad as well. So um, most, of, most of it is done on the, the iPad. Um, and we, we're making a, a real effort to try and um, get some home readers out and some books and doing a lot of handwriting um, on top of what the school is sending home that's good and trish your girls um georgia year 12 student and a lot of their stuff is online anyway um however she attended school right up till she couldn't any further which was last friday um she found that the teacher support and everything at her school was amazing for year 12 and she might not have got that opportunity again so she jumped at doing that and as a parent I decided that she was, she's nearly 18 and if that's a decision she wanted to make, then I would support her in that. 
Um, she popped off, came home from school on Friday afternoon last week with a whole heap, the teachers provided a whole heap of um, sample tests, year 12 child stuff and so forth, which she happily brought home and has been working on, um, you know, physically like handwriting and so forth. Um, the year 10 student, most of their stuff is online as well. Um, but obviously she doesn't have as big a projects or things that she has to hand in as the one in year 12. She stopped school the minute the government said, <laughs> stop going to school the minute the government said she didn't have to. Um, so she's been happily at home now for about three and a half weeks, but there's a real balance between normal screen time, even with young children to older children, to then them being on a screen from like 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning to like 11, 12 o'clock at night because they've moved on from the work portion to the social portion and and, and it, it's balancing, is trying to get them to make sure they get enough sleep still and they're still treating this as normal school time and they still have to be up, you know, can't sleep half the day. Young teenagers would sleep till one o'clock if you give them the chance. Um, and our internet's not the best. So it's something I actually have to really look into now because as you were saying, all these different devices are now connecting at the same time. Um, and everyone in your area is doing it too. So your, your internet is not as available as it could be. Kelly, you mentioned earlier that um, Sienna had just started school. Um, we build our kids up and prepare them for starting big school and then wham, after eight weeks, she can't go anymore. So does she understand what's going on or does she just sort of think this is a big holiday? Uh, that's a tough one. I, I think she understands as best as a five-year-old could um, that it's a temporary arrangement um, and she, she's very keen to get back to school. So the, the part she doesn't understand is um, why there was no warning for it kind of thing, which obviously no one can answer. So um, she she kind of has mentioned before, but you never said this was going to happen. You never said that we'd be going home. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to, hard to know what's going on in their little heads. Um, she, she, she knows she's going back and she's looking forward to going back. Um, she, she thinks the work that she's doing at home is homework. So doesn't really put it together that that's what she'd be learning if she was at school. She sees it more as, these are the tasks the teacher have given, has given her for home. Um, I think her, the area where she's um, struggling to understand is, is the connections with her peers, um, with her, her year six buddy, for example, um, and, and just all the little aspects of, you know, learning to go to the canteen or, or um, putting her, what, what, what did she put her, um, her bag in the little room and then she takes her folder in in the morning to, to the teacher. Yeah. So we have tried to keep some things a little bit similar in terms of we pack her lunch for the day and um, she gets her schoolwork out of her school bag to try and kind of keep that familiarity. Mm -hmm. yeah. Rachel? How are you keeping your kids on task and focused with their schoolwork? Very good question. <laughs> um, I think, well, I'm doing an average job, <laughs> you would say, with the little two, the year four and year two. They're not that little. They're just my little two. Uh, I actually tend to be with them the whole school day. So I am next to them largely the whole day. So because at any given point there, what's this, I, I can't find, could you show me, I haven't got, I can't make this work. Mm. So I really can't go much further than 10 steps away without a mum. <laughs> uh, in my year 10, 
that's I've let him drive that uh, bus himself, but it's become apparent, became apparent about after a week we needed to get more involved there. So we moved him in with his father into the study. And so um, <laughs> that they're working together sometimes harmoniously, sometimes not so harmoniously. Uh, and for the year seven child, who is actually quite um, self-driven, I was checking in with him kind of at the middle and end of each day because his school were fairly well running the same timetable, uploading information. They were communicating quite well. Uh, and I thought he was on top of it. But then I got an email indicating that was not the case. So uh, now I'm checking him more every like more every forty minutes. Um, so I think some of the challenges I really face are locating them. So mm. because the two older ones are on Zoom meetings, um, the schools don't want them to be in their bedrooms. But to be perfectly honest, they need a location that's quiet and where they can focus. Mm. So um, I've tried to squirrel with them away in bedrooms, but that's a distance away from where the little two are working so I feel like I'm running around like a blowfly going oh okay you need that right well I'll be back in a minute um <laughs> I've just got to get your sister this and then I'll be right back with that so um yes I think that's a work in progress and um I think as a mother we all suffer from you know our children being a little bit more needy with their parents than with their school teacher perhaps True. yeah so um, they're quite happy to go, Mum, I need. But I'm fairly confident they wouldn't do that to their teacher. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think come term two, I'll have to rethink it a little bit and really encourage them to be more independent with the caveat that that's within their capabilities. Uh, so, and not, it's a combination of independence and then checking in that they've actually done the work and done the work in an appropriate way. <laughs> so it's definitely uh, tricky. You must be exhausted by the end of the day. Can you see these bags? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, Rachel, and to everyone, it's really important that our parents, um, you know, be kind to themselves <laughs> and, and, and realistic because um, this is, this is a job they've taken on that they never foresaw they would. And uh, mm -hmm. even though, you know, you are partners in the learning, you didn't think you'd be quite this <laughs> featuring this highly in the partnership at this stage. So it's really important message to everyone that, um, you know, just be, be a bit gentle on yourself as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's Trish. You've got a daughter who's at the other end of the, um, so who is now she's finishing you her final year of school how's she feeling about the whole situation and what are you having to do to help and support her during this time both with her schoolwork but also emotionally I think from our perspective it's more the mental health that we're focusing on um, with her at the moment as I said previously she's a really driven kid um, so I don't feel like I have to be checking in all the time to see what she's handed in or what she hasn't or, you know, anything like that from that perspective. But they're all year 12 students are feeling very ripped off, feeling like, you know, they walked out of school last week, they're not sure if they're going to walk back in. They're very afraid of that. Um, they're just the anxieties in general of, will I get to have, will I get to sit a trial? Will we get to sit a HSC? Will we get to have a formal? 
the re, year 12 retreat got cancelled weeks ago and that and, and some kids would probably go yay i don't want to do that but i think it's a really important bonding time in year 12 for these students to be doing that um they are all socially interacting on a a, a digital in a digital world which they were doing before this happened anyway let's be honest but I will give credit where credit's due. The school has worked really hard to um, ensure that they're as, as equipped as they can be to continue. Um, and that instills a little bit of faith for Georgia. She kind of feels like that she can still remain on track and she can still focus on the areas that she needs to, to achieve the outcome she would like. The uncertainty at the moment about whether the HSC will go ahead or whether it'll go ahead in 2021 or you know they'll push the exams to, and there's a lot of um, content out there that nothing's been decided yet, but it, it's messing these kids' heads around a bit because they're just so uncertain about where they're heading. Um, she's a pretty headstrong child, and she, um, she she's not normally a nervy one, but it just a, a lot of comments like, oh, we're not going to get to do that. Will I ever get to do that? I, I don't want to get into uni without achieving an ATAR. I want to prove that I have, a, have um, attained that. I don't want to be given a free pass, as you might say, to uni or, you know, something like that. So a lot of mixed emotions for her because... She really wants to achieve something. She's worried this is going to hold her back from achieving it or it's going to be seen that she was given it and didn't achieve it. So it's it's a real mixture. But these kids are working together like we're doing right now on Zoom meetings and, and sorting things out together, and, and, and which I think is incredible. And it shows a lot of resilience, I think, for kids these age at the moment to to try and carry on. Like they've finished technically finished school it's pupil free this week but they're working their backsides off the year 12 kids at the moment as i said the year 10 ones happily on holidays already but um she it, it's a balance and it's not just a mental health balance it's about keeping them well fed making sure they're still getting sleep making sure that they're meeting their commitments with what they have to hand in and just trying to abate their anxiety basically so this is a question i've got now for everyone with everybody living remotely and not having access to your school as such, what does your school community now look like for all of you? Who'd like to go first? I will if you want. Um, Compass has been amazing. Uh, you said the secondary schools only went on to Compass this year. Um, and the communication from a parent perspective um, is fantastic where um, they're, they're keeping us fully informed. Just the Compass module in itself, you can check on how your kids are going and, you know, what marks they've already achieved and what they've still got to hand in and it shows you dates things are due. Sorry, Trish, for those who don't know, can you just explain what Compass is? Oh, Compass is a software program um, that is used in schools um, for various reasons. And Sally, what about for you? Yes, yeah, so uh, my daughter's school also has Compass updates um, in terms of uh, communication from the school that's mm -hmm. uploaded on there uh, and then they use their app Seesaw for most of the communication so the, the kindergarten teachers will film themselves and uh, send messages to the children um, yeah I think that's that's what the community looks like that they, they did uh, try last week they had some little school assemblies I think at 10 to 9 every day the the principal did a zoom meeting with the school um, so that was good it kind of gave Sienna an opportunity to see to see her principal and mm -hmm. and he was going through the normal routine of prayer and what the updates were for the day and that type of thing so that was good and Rachel uh, the community 
like has been said, really for communication with parents, uh, it's been through Compass um, and through for communication, so keeping the community alive for children, that's predominantly through Seesaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess for me through Seesaw as well because I'm accessing that. And I just, I guess, taking a different look at that from the children's point of view, uh, when they keeping them motivated across a day at home is sometimes challenging. Mm-hmm. So when they're uploading small components of work onto Seesaw, which is an actually an amazing app, it's, it's a very quick, easy way to upload a piece of work and send it to their teacher, they are really happy when they see their teacher respond to that work. So their teacher can heart it, which means they've seen it. They just press a heart, like a like on Facebook, and, um, and that's nice. But when they get a written or recorded comment back from their teacher, they're delighted and then they're happy to keep going. So the power of that little bit of communication coming back and forth keeps that um, their day, I guess, a little bit more on track for them uh, and gives them uh, some feedback. Some, it's usually one comment like, you know, Sophia, that was great. I loved your drawing of a lion. And she says, oh, I knew that drawing of a lion was fantastic. I'm going to draw another tiger. So the power of that little, the time that that teacher's taken to write that little sentence to come back to her uh, is really important and that's for her is what her community's become mm-hmm. really it's been summed up in that little commentary that comes back and forth uh, our the, the primary school hasn't yet moved to video uh, teaching or any kind of video interaction so it's really here's this piece of work do it upload it um, she did have one um, I think it was a written letter that came from her teacher one day and it said you, I know you'll be missing getting your WOW tickets, which is their you know, incentive each week. So we're all giving you an electronic WOW. And she burst into tears at that point and said, I don't want an electronic WOW. Mm. I want a real WOW ticket in the classroom. Mm. So, um, so I think, you know, this is their real world. That is their community now. Mm. So we have to be conscious of what comes back and forth on that electronic little world. Um, that is actually motivating them and keeping them on task and engaged and positive about what they're doing. So, yeah, and the older kids are, again, their world is very much an electronic world um, and it's all on online websites, school-oriented school, school oriented websites. And what about for you personally? Are you accessing your, like, school community? So what would you like to say, Rebecca? Well, I, I, I feel that for many parents... Um, their community, their relationship with school is often conducted at distance because the reality of most parents' lives is that they work. Um, so in terms of that day-to-day contact with school, they, they're not necessarily getting that. I think the impact for the children um, in terms of that connection and that relationship is probably greater at this point. But, um, you know, I'd be interested to hear what they, how they think schools, how the, the parents are feeling about how schools are keeping them up to date and, uh, and, and how their teachers are, are trying to overcome some of the obstacles of, of keeping up that connection with the kids. Can I? Yeah, go Trish. I, I just wanted to say both my children feel supported. And they, I don't feel, I guess for me too, being secondary, um, a lot of their work was already heading in this direction anyway. You know what I mean? A lot of online work and so forth. But Holy Spirit had a, um, a, 
an assembly, a college assembly last Friday, over a thousand kids in on this. It wasn't Zoom, it was some other um, format that they did it. But I was just watching in the background, just totally amazed at how it was almost like you were sitting in the in the hall. You know what I mean? In the Monsignor O'Reilly or whatever. Um, and they've got another one this Thursday for Holy Thursday so the kids can, you know, get their religious side sorted out as well and, and they'll inform them about more stuff then as well. But I feel like the teachers really have been making a massive effort for my kids in year 10 and 12 to stay in touch, to keep them informed, to keep try to abate any, any um, you know, issues that might occur or any anxieties and, and so forth. I think they've tried really hard and I personally, as a parent, feel like they've done a pretty good job of that. Well, that's good to hear. I think um, teenage kids haven't had a problem um, for years. They've been using devices mm. and um, to interact with each other. But for Rachel and Sally, how are your young children staying connected with their friends? Sally, do you want to go uh, first? Yeah, okay. I'll go first. Um, well, to be honest, Sienna is not uh, staying connected with her friends. So um, we have only recently moved to the area. Uh, so she, all of the classmates in her school are new. She, she didn't know anyone before. Um, and we don't really have a way of contacting them now. So uh, she was only just starting to come home and say the names of kids that she was starting to talk to because she's a little bit shy. Um, I don't know their parents. I don't know where they live or their phone numbers or anything like that. So at the moment, she hasn't had any contact um, with the kids from her school. Um, and that's kind of one thing that there will be a challenge because it's not the school's responsibility, obviously, to, to kind of make those connections. Um, at the same time, it's hard. Where where do I start? So um, I have sent a message to Sienna's teacher to ask um, if next term they'll be looking at doing things within um, the teaching and learning. So whether there'll be opportunities for all of the class to come on Zoom or something at the same time and kind of um, get those faces familiar again and that type mm. of thing. So we'll see what happens. Poor little thing. What about you? You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, look, both my younger two have both had a few FaceTime calls with friends, mm. which are, for the old one, that's okay, but for the youngest one, it's very awkward to watch. They sort of sit and stare at each other. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, you need to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but really, it's quite limited. So, the older two, you don't get them off social media. Yeah. And I can see for the younger two, this will probably expose them to more social media than I would have preferred at a younger age. Um, but it is going to be important that they still see their friend and still communicate with another person their age. So it, it's, yeah, it's limited. Probably once or twice a week I would do that for them. Mm. Um, so. so tell me this. What are some of the unexpected positives that have come out of all of this? Has there been any? <laughs> what? I, I've discovered a whole lot of red wines I would not have had <laughs> so uh, and you know <laughs> you can have a whole day in your pyjamas no one even knows <laughs> there are a lot of positives you don't have to put makeup on not that I'm a big makeup wearer um, on a more serious note it is nice to spend some more time with the family all together even if they are hostages some of the time um, and we have 
played a lot more board games than we ever would. Um, there are, um, I think that the children are more comfortable using Mark and I to help them learn now than they would have been. I think particularly the older two like to keep that very much under wraps, but they're having to deploy us. So, and I had my, uh, my background is science and have a science degree and my year seven child says, he needed some help with a mic. They were using an online microscope. So I helped him set that up. He says, you know, Mum, I had no idea. You, you actually should just go and do some work where people pay you because, you know, <laughs> I walked away going, I'm not sure if that's actually a thing or a bad thing, but uh, it, it will change the dynamic, I think, a little bit of what they think of their parents in good ways and bad ways. Mm. Uh, and... I think it will teach our children eventually how to work better in a, in a household. You know, they have to do chores. They can't just skulk off and say, I've got to go to cricket, I've got to go to soccer, I've got to go to football. Yeah. They're stuck in the house and the bathroom is still dirty. So, <laughs> so I'm seeing that as an opportunity. <laughs> and what about you, Sally? Yeah, one of the, the positives is definitely not running late for everything. So every day we were running late for school, running late for daycare, running late for work. Could I find parking? Could I? All those different things. So, you know, every day that, that's more time that we've got. Um, less worry about being the last to show up all the time before the bell or, or am I going to make school pick up? Um, so that that's an unexpected bonus. Um, and as the others have... Um, spoke about the time so um spending time with sienna teaching her to finally get off her training wheels on her bike mm. because we can do it every day now we can we can take her bike ride every single day so there will definitely be some unexpected positives um we'll, we'll just see how long this lasts for what about you rebecca um, i really i mean i i'm not doing the i'm not dealing with the the learning and such with my children but it's just uh it's, it's an opportunity to slow down a little bit at home, um, you know, and that can be frustrating, but also, you know, people just, as, as we've already said, people just aren't coming in and out all the time. And, uh, um, you know, for my kids, they've never seen their father so much as they have in the last couple of weeks because he's working remotely. He's not leaving early and coming home late. So, um, you know, there's all of those there's all of those benefits and people are really thinking differently about how they, um, how they talk with each other and connect with each other. Um, but, you know, as Sally said, we might have a different opinion in a couple of months when we're well and truly over it. But I just think uh, people are having to think a little bit more about each other and uh, there just feels like there's sort of an added element of... Um, people I mean I'm, and I'm talking about society in general you know that 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 feeling of caring for each other mm -hmm. and that we are all in this together that sort of sense um, you, you get a greater sense of that than sort of being more in a funny way I think you can be more isolated at other times when we're actually quite physically isolated now but mm -hmm. we're we're trying a little bit harder in how we keep connected oh gosh we've gone way over time ladies sorry about that um, and I really want to thank you all for taking the time to come and um, chat today because I've really, really enjoyed our conversation and I think this is going to be hopefully a, you know, a help for other parents out there who are in the same situation as this. So 
I'd like to take this opportunity to thank my special guests to Rebecca, Sally, Rachel and Trisha. Thank you so much. And I'd like to wish you and your families a safe and happy Easter. This podcast was produced by Catholic Education Diocese of Wollongong. Music provided by bensound.com. I'm Josie Cooks and thanks for listening in. Join us next time as we talk to other members of our Catholic school community about finding hope in the midst of our new normal. Bye.